0: Three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. Yes, and, 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 and now here's your host,
1: the one, the only Asher Chua. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Stephen.
2: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me
1: very welcome it's been a few years since we uh we met over in puerto rico
2: it has yeah we met in january of 2020 so it's been about two and a half years
1: Mm, yeah it's funny i I guess unless i would would have said it here unless i have you as a witness i could have almost disappeared for two months and been like (laughs) nobody would have known where we were at but we had to come back before everything just like shut down and the world kind of went quiet for a bit
2: yeah 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 that that was definitely an interesting time um i think i I think you just you worked there for three months was it Mm -hmm. or or you just worked until the pandemic came and then and then that was the end of it
1: well i kept we kept working until um i was because once we went home we worked remote and then i worked until may i want to say so like okay. all in total, say four months, give or take, because then gotcha. they started to do the um, the layoffs where it's like, okay, we're going to figure out what's going on when we know like nobody can really come back to deploy. And then once they start opening things back up, then we'll let people know that they can travel back to Puerto Rico. So I think it's four months. Yeah.
2: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I actually ended up on that job for about 15 months. Oh, wow, I was on it yeah, I was on a quite a bit longer. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know we as you know, we went to Puerto Rico and we worked for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. then then the pandemic came, they just sent everybody home. So um, yeah, I, I, I remember we had a little bit of work we, we could do in the office, and we kind of did that as, as time went on. and um, you know, p- people started to get laid off, and for some reason they they just kept me on. and I ended up going back to Puerto Rico in July. Uh, like mid July. And so, so I was in, I was back in Puerto Rico between, uh, July 2020 and, um, until the end of April 2021. So an extra nine months round about.
1: What, what was that like?
2: Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I, I made a couple of local friends and they kind of showed me around a little bit. Um, you know, Puerto Rico is like renowned for its beaches, but um mean, it does have beautiful beaches mm-hmm. uh, you know, all around the island. Um, but it, it also has lots of nice rivers and, and mountains. And so it's like the, the interior of the island um, is mountainous and it's also really wet. So there's a lot of rivers, with lots of waterfalls and stuff. And they'll have these swimming holes uh, called charcos uh, where you can go and swim in fresh water, you know, in addition to all the beaches, you can go and swim at. So,
0: right,
2: <laughs> yeah, so, so, I mean, it's, uh, it was great. You know, the, the food's pretty unique. Uh, I ended up going to. To one of the sub islands or one of the smaller islands of puerto rico called case mm. where they have um, a bioluminescent bay and it's, it's supposed to be one of the most one of the most concentrated in the world apparently but i, I remember i went down there uh, one night i just kind of waited around and when i was walking in the water um i'd see like these flashes of light that kind of looked like little comets in the water
3: mm-hmm.
2: swimming swimming away from me so i, I don't know if there are frogs or fish or what but it was super cool to see it like just walk in the water and see all these little comets comets you know yeah moving away from me and then then i took a handful of water pick it up and look at it, it look like little stars in the water you know from the from the algae that was that was glowing so That's that was a really cool. cool place to visit yeah
1: i feel like i think i've heard it's either it's like puerto rico is one of the places where they have that and then somewhere in jamaica they also seem to have that
2: there's there's a number of places um you know Puerto, the place I went to in Puerto Rico was by far better than the other place I went to, which was in Cambodia. Mm. Uh, but but when I went when I, when I went to Cambodia, they um, there's a group of us on a boat that took us out on a boat into this bay, and we had uh, we had goggles, yeah, and we jumped in the water. They're like, okay, look in the water and move your hand through the water. And so so I did that. And I could see like the plankton lighting up in the water, and, and that kind of looked like stars as well. But it wasn't nearly as pronounced right. as as you know, the, the bioluminescence plankton that I saw in Puerto Rico, like that was like so much stronger, so much brighter, uh, just a lot cooler, really a lot more impressive.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. I guess, um, (laughs) like you mentioned going back in July, I, I think I was maybe presented the option to go back, but I, I wasn't as brave at the time to be like, yeah, let me go back and kind of deal with the, are we on? Are we off? Are we on? Yeah. Are we off? I was like, <laughs> uh, so I I guess um what how, was it was it a difficult choice for you to just just go back to work and go with the flow?
2: It it wasn't difficult for me at all. I mean it it is either it was either to do that or stop working, you know. Mm, so true. Um plus I love to travel, I love Puerto Rico, like it's a beautiful place, you know, and and I I I remember them mentioning you because I think I asked about you actually, I was like, is is Asher coming back? And they're like, Oh, we don't know. He's thinking about it. And unfortunately, unfortunately you decided not to come back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But but, uh, it
1: it crossed my mind, but I guess it was, I don't know. It it was just one of those moments where like going initially, like um, before Puerto Rico even came up as an option to deploy to, I was like, Oh, this, this would be a neat experience. I'm, I'm always open to trying new things, but it was like initially Iowa got mentioned and it was like January. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to be somewhere where it's cold in the middle of winter. And then they're like, well, yeah. okay. Well, that the timeline kind of came and went and then Puerto Rico came up and I was like, yeah, I'm excited. But then like, just having so many things on my plate that I was trying to do, I think I just started the podcast. I was trying mm-hmm. to do like real estate trying to do something else and then it's just like just a lot of apprehension kind of going and it feels like you're you're um, going to school for the first time even like you go and you have orientation everybody's like coming in from different parts of the world and I was like I found it cool that you were able to speak Spanish and I I was just sitting there like man okay this (laughs) this is gonna be a struggle but like you can you can do it or yeah, you can learn, but it's it's good to know that you're able to go there and make the best out of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was. I, I feel really fortunate to have to have had that opportunity. I'm I'm really fortunate that it lasted so long for me too. Because mm-hmm. there's there's another round of layoffs in November, or actually the end of October. There's another round of layoffs. Right. So you know, out of our team of I think 17 people, I think I think only five of us were left after the layoffs and so yeah so they laid off like 70 percent of us and you know so i was there i was there like another five or six months after that wow you know so was
1: was life any different going back because you remember um before we got sent back initially to the states like when lockdowns were being in place and it was like hey if you're outside past five o'clock like there's a chance you'll get fined or like, Hey, there's news that some people are being put in jail because they were out during curfew or they decided that they're going to go out and jog. Like, did things Mm -hmm. loosen up any when you went back in July?
2: I'd I'd say things, I'd say things were were more stringent, Uh, you know, more places were closed or had curfews, restaurants Mm -hmm. weren't open. Uh, You know, there's still takeout. You could take out stuff, but gotcha. uh, yeah. But like, I'd say, I'd say as far as the enforcement goes, like the, the police in, in Puerto Rico kind of seem to have this mentality of no harm, no foul.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so like, like if they see you out and they're like, Hey, you're not supposed to be here. go home. As long as you listen to them and go home, like they won't do anything. Right. Right.
0: Right.
2: Like for, for example, I, um, for example, there's one day where I would walk on the beach. It was a Sunday. And, and, and for some reason I didn't realize that the beach was closed on Sunday. There was like a pandemic thing. And so right. when I was walking down the beach, I didn't see anybody. I was like, well, this is weird, but I kind of like it, you know, nice empty beach. <laughs> <laughs> and and then a few minutes later, the police drive up on a on like a little four by four, and they're like, beach is closed, gotta go. I was like, okay, sorry. That was the end of it, you know. I just went back. So yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was that's,
1: that's good to hear.
2: Yeah. But I mean, they 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 kind of had they kind of had um like rolling uh like rolling shutdowns. Um, and, and then the rules were constantly changing too. And so like, like every couple of weeks, they'd re-evalu- reevaluate the way things were going and, and see if they should like lessen restrictions or, or heighten restrictions based on, you know, how many cases that were and stuff like that. So, but, but despite those things, um, I was still, I was still able to get out and see things. Um, yeah. you know, like I, I was busy with work. I really only like got most of the time just one day a week to a Sunday to go and see things, but. Uh, you know, I, I was still able to do that. So I feel pretty fortunate.
1: That's good, man. In that I, regard. It's, it's weird because it's like, depending on on where you're at, you can have two completely different different experiences. Because for me, I was like, just so, just kind of not completely there. I felt like I wasn't enjoying, like fully enjoying the experience of Puerto Rico. Like you get to, you come in, stay in a hotel for a little bit then Mm -hmm. move over to have an apartment and it's like hey you're in puerto rico (laughs) you can leave your room and go like go check out the castle like go explore a little bit but i think it's one of those things that's in the past and good to know that like we're on this side of it now
2: yeah 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 i hear you yeah yeah the pandemic was i think the pandemic was hard for just about everybody uh in one way or another you know it, it it affected different people in different ways, but yeah, um, you know, for for like the opportunities I had during the pandemic, like I feel super fortunate. Mm-hmm. And
1: I know I've said that like four times already, but it's you know. it's worth saying. I, I yeah. think yeah, <laughs> I I think it's like what's funny is that a, a friend of mine that I I was on the phone with him, I think right when we were doing like the initial orientation, and he was kind of like recapping for me like man oh, it's great like because within the start of January I think I was in Michigan then by the end of the week I was in Miami like going to different events and things trying to get information and just explore entrepreneurship a little bit try different things and it's like oh yeah I get to go and I think by the end of the month I was in DC and that's when I got the news like, Hey, Puerto Rico is coming up literally when I get back that following Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Thursday, I think I'm in Puerto Rico and just being able to just being able to recognize what, what you are afforded or what, opportunity comes your way i think it's very good to say you're fortunate about that because it's like i don't know everyone's got a different experience but somebody might be like oh you said that too many times it's like i think if you feel <laughs> that it's worth saying it's worth saying
2: yeah yeah thank you thank you you're welcome but, but yeah um so anyways uh you know i, I was important we go to the end of april yeah. and and when i left uh they told me that they expected me expected me to be redeployed within six six months and so um I'm just kind of giving you a little update of my life since yeah
3: yeah
2: yeah but uh so yeah so in that six months I I went to the Virgin Islands my brother got married there um and then after that I went to uh the Dominican Republic for about ten weeks I took Spanish classes there just to improve my Spanish uh, nice. with a, with a Caribbean accent uh, <laughs> yeah which <laughs> the 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 Dominican accents a, a little a little crazy compared to the, compared to neutral accents, but you know, that, that was a good experience. And so, so and this I was came back.
1: six months, like, so from April of 2021, you got six months off until you had to redeploy again.
2: Well, they, they told me that they expected me to redeploy within six months. Okay. So, gotcha. so yeah. So, so sometime between when that assignment ended and six months after, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so, and so, yeah, so I went home for a month went to the Virgin Islands, uh, which is the Dominican Republic. That was for almost three months. And I got back, I think, in, must have been August or September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I was still kind of waiting to be deployed. I, uh, they hadn't called me or anything. And so, uh, but it, it had been like four months. And so I was like, well, if this doesn't work out, maybe I should start looking at other things. And so, um, you know, b- before Puerto Rico, uh, I'd i been looking at, um, Maybe doing a career shift in, in a data science, and so I did a little bit of self-study with data science. So I picked that back up, uh, which in, which included learning a programming language called Python, um, and also some you know some math methods that are used in data science too, uh, and and also also something called machine learning, which is a type of AI um, that that basically data science revolves around nowadays. And so uh, so I picked that back up. Uh, the six months came, and and I was officially laid off. I was yeah. I found like a short-term layoff, but then you know after the six months uh, came the long-term layoff. And so um, is that is at that time that I decided to pick a masters in data science? So I applied to to the University of Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. Kim Tucker helped me out. Do You remember her?
3: Yeah, She's I remember Kim. Yeah,
2: yeah she she wrote me a, she wrote me a recommendation letter. Nice. Uh, I got accepted, and I just I just started a master's degree like a month and a half ago. So very right, cool. Yeah have right after coming back from mexico i, I went to mexico too, to take more spanish classes and so i took um let's see i went there in i think the end of february and i was, I was in mexico about eight weeks and so i spent i spent about four or five weeks in mexico city mm-hmm. taking cl- uh spanish lessons and then i went i went to the yucatan just by myself and kind of roamed around the yucatan a little bit and saw different stuff some beaches and uh some cenotes and rooms and stuff so yeah that's... So yeah, that's that's my life. That's my life in a nutshell.
1: That's... that's awesome. I mean, like when so when you went to the Dominican Republic and you took Spanish lessons and you went to um Mexico and took took Spanish lessons, like even before then you were taking Spanish lessons, like how are you going about taking these lessons?
2: Well, well, the first formal lessons I actually took was in the, was in the Dominican Republic. And so so prior to that, I just taught myself, right? Mm. And so, so I I just like Duolingo and stuff. And then um I travel a lot in South America as well. So you know I spent I took one trip to South America uh probably six or seven years ago. And that was about a six month trip. Yeah. And so my Spanish improved a lot when I went there on that trip. And then um, you know, in, in 2018, I started a big trip that was a year that was a year long. Right. And, you know, as part of that trip, I spent another three months in South America. And so, you know, my mm-hmm. Spanish improved a lot there as well. Um, and of course, being in Puerto Rico, you know, it improved there as well. It just It just improves little by little as, as you get more and more practice. But um, it was really helpful. It was really helpful to, to actually have formal lessons with formal teachers that they're able to correct you and, and kind of know the learning process to help you along. So, um, and it, so like,
1: it's also like, really-
2: oh,
1: go well, ahead. But, no, I was going to say, so, like, for formal lessons, did you just, like, you went to like the Dominican Republic to say like, okay, hey, I'm going on, I'm just going to buy, I'm buying a one-way ticket for, to stay there for a period of time. And like, let me look up a school while I'm there. And then just, okay, this seems like a school here and I'm just gonna sit in class or like do a one-on-one tutor.
2: Uh, No, no. So what I did was I did a little bit of research beforehand. Mm -hmm. Uh, After my assignment in Puerto Rico ended, I I went home for about a month Mm -hmm. and, At that time is when i decided to go to go to the dr um and i just kind of googled spanish you know spanish schools in santo domingo or spanish schools in um in 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 the republican in the dominican republic and i just Mm kind of made a list of the schools and i I researched each one a little bit to see which one i liked the most and there's one there's one that had um had two schools actually one in Santo domingo which is the capital And then one in a little beach town called, uh, Sosua, which is probably about a four hour bus ride from Santo Domingo. So, so I I started in Santo Domingo, which is a a pretty big city. It's probably about 2 million people.
3: Um,
2: yeah. And I I was there, I was there for two weeks. Um, when I got there, it was actually still the middle of the pandemic. Uh, So I I was pretty lucky I was allowed to go in the first place. But, but when I went, it just entered um, a pretty serious lockdown with curfew was from like, nine in the morning till four in the afternoon or something yeah and my plane landed um my plane landed at like 11 at night and so um i i, I had to use a special taxi driver that had a permit that had to have a permit to drive at that time of night yes. and i remember he picked me up from the airport and we're going through these checkpoints with soldiers with these with these assault rifles i was like man <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're not they're playing taking it around seriously right yeah. <laughs> which which i guess I, you know given the circumstance i mean that's a good thing so, yeah um uh, you know, but yeah so that that was uh so yeah with the curfew like i I wasn't able to get up very much because you know things would things were shut down at, at four um uh, you know then you have to go home and so you know i was in san go for two weeks and i just decided to go uh to go up to sasua uh to continue lessons up there simply because you know the the restrictions were stringent up there mm-hmm. because the the you know there weren't so many cases up there so So I went up there for two weeks and basically this beautiful beach town, you know, you know, with beaches within walking distance from the school. And I I stayed right at the school, they have like apartments you can rent and also like these, um, uh, they're almost like motel rooms that, that you can rent like little dorms with beds in it.
1: Gotcha. Um, Almost like hostels.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, sort of. and. and yeah, so, so I was there for two weeks and the, the school was really beautiful there. It's like this big building and this compound is fenced in. And they have a bunch of fruit trees and stuff. Hmm. Uh, you know, and it'd, it'd be, it'd be about four hours of lessons a day. You know, start at nine o'clock. I think you would go till one. Um, and then the afternoon you'd have freeze. You'd go to the beach or whatever and just do whatever you wanted. So, um, you know, I, I took some kite lesson surfings when I was there. Uh, <laughs> so I, I tried to learn kite surf. Yeah. But. I, I wasn't quite able to do it. It's, it's pretty hard, pretty, pretty hard thing to learn actually, but what, um, what is
1: kite surfing? Can you describe it a little bit?
2: Yeah. So it's, um, it's kind of like wakeboarding. You, you know, what wakeboarding is it's when you're pulled behind a boat yeah, and you yeah, have, a yeah. you have a board on your feet. Yeah. So it's kind of like that, except you're being pulled by a kite. So, mm. so I, so I have this big 11 foot wide kite and uh, there, there's there's different maneuvers you can do with the kite where you can like jerk it down or jerk it off to the side, right? And, and that'll like put force on the line and, and it will pull you, right? Yeah. So that's uh so that's what kite surfing is. It's just riding a board um, with with the force being applied to you by a kite, right? Uh, but but the the tricky part is like kind of maneuvering everything at the same time because mm-hmm. like like you kind of have to have your feet a certain way and kind of your body a certain way and then you have to control the kite at the same time and so. It kind of takes a while to get good at everything, uh, to an extent to where, um, to to an extent to to where um, you're able to control everything without thinking about it a lot, right? Right. Uh, because when you're first starting off, and you think about it, like like you just have a lot to think about, you know, like with your feet, like, like what you're doing with your feet and your hands and kite and stuff. So, um, you know, I I got to the point to where I could stand up on the board. I, I stood up on the board twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was all I was able to do, and I, I just went like a few feet that I fell. So
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no That's, and that was after five hours of lessons. But,
1: I, but you, know, you tried it.
2: I tried it, yeah. I, I think I think I'm gonna try it again someday. I'm just not sure when yet. But but yeah, and so so yeah I was in Sostua for two weeks and then I went back to Santo Domingo because mm. the 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 lessons the restrictions and changed the curfew and stuff. And so um, I went back to Santo Domingo for another um Another six, was it six weeks or no? There's, there's another four weeks, there's another four weeks in Santo Domingo, taking Spanish lessons the whole time. Um, and then, then after eight weeks of lessons, I, I just kind of, uh, had some time off and I, 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 you know, I, I went up to, um, man, I can't remember the name of it. There's this peninsula in the north of the country that I went up to. And then, then I also went to, um, to the, to the east of the island. There's a, there's a big resort, um, Playa del Carmen. No, not Playa del Carmen. Oh man, what's the name of it? Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Okay. I don't know why I can't think of it right now.
1: (laughs) You're fine. I I guess (laughs) it seems like, uh, from 2018 or just a little bit before 2018, you got the, the, um, the travel bug. You just got that itch to go travel. and, And it's like, you actually did it because a lot of times people or like myself I've thought about like oh yeah it'd be nice to just get up and go it's like are you <laughs> will- like are you actually gonna go do it like look it up not try to wing it and then like be willing to go with the flow once things kind of change along the way i think right that, right i commend you for for doing that it and it also encourages me to be like hey like you just just take a minute look up something and give it a shot. Like if it, if you don't find what you're looking for initially, it's like, just keep looking or don't, don't beat yourself up about like, Oh, I I didn't get to do what it's like. One thing that I learned about going to Puerto Rico was that like the dynamics were just different. It's like when you're in a different environment, you've, you've kind of, you can't think too much about it. Like you've got to allow yourself to just Be there instead of like. What's my next move? And my next move. And my next move. And it's like it's. If you plan something, you got to actually go do it. And then if Mm -hmm. it doesn't work out, just kind of shrug it off and think of something else.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I when I make plans, oh, oh, by the way, the name of the place I went is called butacana Mm -hmm. which almost everybody's heard of. I just can't think of the name for some reason. Gotcha. But 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 yeah, I went to ButaKana. But but yeah, like usually usually when I make plans, um, it, I, I keep my plans very flexible. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's also good to do research and, and know what's there. Um, you know, sure. and, to, and to like know how much it's going to cost and, uh, you know, know, know how you're going to get around. Cause those things are really important. right? And sometimes, sometimes, you know, when you get there, you don't want to spend your time doing a bunch of research. So like, for me, it's better to do it before you go. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like, uh,
3: but yeah, like I was, and so I, I went to
2: Puntacana. Then I left. I left after that. Um, came came back, and then I was, I was back home doing kind of doing more self study hmm. um, until I went to Mexico. Then I went to Mexico, and then um, came back and started my masters.
3: That's
1: yeah. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. That's the. Um, was it like what? What was your favorite part of of the? Like, what's been your favorite thing about traveling, whether it was like going to Mexico, going to the DR, going to Puerto Rico, like going through South America, is it like booking the trip or like just the fun surprises you find along the way?
2: Uh, my favorite part is is probably, is probably meeting people that come from very different places than me because it, it gives me perspective about Mm. um but where i'm from like i i heard this saying once it it goes something like you can't understand where you're from until you've been somewhere else you Mm. know and that's that's just so true because because if you just stay in one place your whole life like you don't really have anything to compare it to right right yeah and so you know talking to people from other places and and understanding what their lives are like and and their experiences in life like it kind of gives me more perspective um into how fortunate I am how fortunate I've been throughout my whole life and how lucky I am just to just to have been born where I was born you know um mm-hmm. uh,
3: I guess you
1: know, what my bad
2: oh and and then I said besides that there's also a lot of cool stuff I see uh, a lot of impressive things like uh you know I've seen like the pyramids of Egypt nice. um uh, I've seen Ingor Wat um what's that you know I, Ingor Watts in Cambodia um have you ever seen that movie Tomb Raider with uh with angelina jolie the yeah. other one mm-hmm. yeah and so and so that was filmed at ingor wat wow okay there's, there's those temples with all the trees that are grown over the temples
1: yeah. that's very cool yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah you know and i um yeah i've seen a bunch of cool stuff i, I went to antarctica South antarctica, went to easter island and saw the big heads and, um,
1: <laughs> wait I, you said I, you went to antarctica
2: i went to antarctica yeah Why'd you do that um i did that in 2018 on my big trip
1: okay right because yeah. it, it was okay hang on
2: I, I, i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i'm i'm just gonna start from the beginning gotcha okay okay
1: <laughs> okay
2: so <laughs> okay it's so, so, so i i'm gonna tell you how i got the travel book because you yeah. you kind of talked about this a little bit before before but i didn't really uh, elaborate on it and so And so I got the travel bug when I went to visit my brother in Africa. So my brother was in the Peace Corps, Mm -hmm. uh, and he went to Namibia, which is just north of South Africa, right? Mm -hmm. And so he he was teaching math and science there in this school in this um, kind of like in this remote city called Apuo, which is a city of like five thousand people. Uh, And so I went there to visit him and. Um, you know, we, uh, we basically just backpacked around like, like in the peace tour you don't make a lot of money. You basically make the local wages. Mm -hmm. So like when it came, when it came to traveling around and, and fun things, like you can't kind of had to depend on his savings. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we just lived like backpackers. We, uh, you know, we stayed in hostels and, um, you know, we, we try to do things on the, on the cheap side, you know, and, and it, like it it was just a lot of fun and it, it kind of, it kind of made me realize, that that you can see really cool places without spending a lot of money as long as you do it right.
3: Yeah. You
2: know? Um and it it kind of taught me kind of taught me how to do that.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: and I and I learned that from my brother because you know he was he was teaching in Africa making $250 a month, maybe less than that. And that was wow. what he was living off of, right? Yeah. So uh but yeah so I went there and we uh we ended up going on a safari. Uh oh. we went down to Cape Town, South Africa. Um uh, I I I swam, I swam with great white sharks. <laughs> I cage dived great white sharks in South Africa, um, did a line tour in South Africa um, uh, in Cape Town. Cape Town's a great city. And then uh, from there, we took a plane up to um, Zambia and went to uh, Victoria Falls in Zambia, which is amazing. Mm. Uh, do you know what Victoria Falls is?
1: I'm familiar with it, but I, okay. I'm just familiar with the name, but it's one of those sites I'm like, I would like to go see that.
2: Yeah, so so Victoria Falls is is the biggest the biggest waterfall in the world in terms of surface area, and so mm. yeah, so it's about three hundred feet high and about a mile wide, and it's just one big falling sheet of water. This is wet season, yeah, and so
1: and that, so yeah, Zambia spent, would be on the um what um, east coast of Africa, right? I think um
2: uh, it it's not actually on the coast, and so so at oh. the bottom of Africa. Right. At the bottom of Africa, you have South Africa. Then above right. that you have Namibia.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And above that you have Angola.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: then just east of Angola, I think it's Angola, is um is Zambia. Gotcha. Yeah. Maybe it's Uganda. It's either Angola or Uganda, one of the two. Mm-hmm. But anyways, next to that is Zambia.
1: Gotcha. Uh, so you guys yep. are just going up up that way.
2: Yep. It's yeah. Well, cool. yeah, well, well, we, we took a bus down. Down to South Africa and then mm-hmm. the plane up, up to Zambia, yeah. And then and then from there from there we went back south and I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, uh, but yeah. So in Zambia uh, by Victoria Falls, you know the the falls themselves are super cool and super impressive. Um, I remember uh, there's like this little, uh, like this little pillar, this little pillar that that came up, uh, you know, right in front of the falls. Uh, there's like a there's like a pillar of rock, right. Mm-hmm. There's a bridge that led to this pillar of rock. is like right in front of the falls. But when you're on, but when you're on this this little island, I'll call it an island, uh, you, you can actually see the falls because of all the mist. And so, like like, like one side one side of this this um, of this island was like sunshine, and then you walk ten feet, and there's like a perpetual rainstorm there from all the mist from the waterfall. You know, it, wow. it, I just I just never seen anything like it before. Yeah. So so that was super amazing. And then, um, uh, and then we went, we, we did some other stuff too. One thing that's really memorable that we did was we went to this facility that, that, uh, rescues big cats. Mm-hmm. They, they train the cats to release them back into the wild. Um, uh, so, so I we went there and we like pat cheetahs and stuff. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I actually have like a picture of me cuddling the cheetah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then there's, uh, and they do the same thing with lions, and so I have a picture. Um, I wasn't allowed to cuddle with a lion. But <laughs> right. I, I was allowed. I was allowed to like put my hand on his back, you know. Yeah, uh, and, and so we have pictures with the lions as well. Um, and so yeah, and so from there we took a bus back to Namibia. Yeah, um, and we we went on safari in a place called the Tosha National Park. Um, which is it's especially, basically a really dry area, but there, it, there's a bunch of watering holes. And so mm-hmm. the animals always congregate around these watering holes. And so, so we just rented a car and we just drove around each watering hole and checked out the animals there, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a three week trip that was back in 2013, I think. Um, and yeah, like it, it was just amazing. I saw, I didn't saw a lot of amazing things and uh, that's kind of what gave me the travel bug, you know, like kind of made me want to go Go see the world some more so
1: it's pretty cool
2: yeah and so in, in i think it was in 2014 or 2015 i went back to africa uh so my saw my brother again um mm-hmm. uh, when went back to victoria falls but this time it was in the dry season mm-hmm. and so and so it wasn't one big falling sheet of water but it was a bunch of separate waterfalls kind of along, you know the whole mile length or the whole mile width of of the drop mm-hmm. um and there's one place uh within that lake called the devil's pool where you can actually there's like this still pool where you can actually swim up to the edge like look over the edge Mm -hmm. like a 300 foot drop on the bottom so i did that yeah
1: well you did the drop
2: i i I, I, I swam
1: up to look okay okay Okay. i swam swam up to look yeah to look over
2: look over the edge i was (laughs) like
1: okay you went from traveling to daredevil i'm like yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) making me
1: sweat over here yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, besides that, I um, went back to Namibia as well. And I, um, I went back to Otosha for a few days. And mm-hmm. Then I went to a place called the Skeleton Coast, which is mm-hmm. part of Namibia. Um, that's just a, a place where there's a bunch of shipwrecks. It's super, mm-hmm. super dry. Basically nobody lives there. Um, then there's, there's like some, some old ruins of like mining sites and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's really barren, really remote. Uh, really beautiful. So we, yeah. we drove through there. Uh, then we went to like a little resort called a little resort town called Swakapund, Namibia. And then another really cool thing we did too was we went to a place called Sossusvlei, mm. which is in Namibia. Um, basically what that is, is, is these big, these big red sand dunes. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it'll take like, like 45 minutes to an hour to get to the top of these sand dunes. And then sandwiched in between all these dunes is this, this salt pan that's dried and cracked and there's these dead trees standing up in the salt pan right and so mm-hmm. man i wish i could show you a photo because like it's just such a just such an alien landscape but um but yeah but yeah we went there and we, we climbed up to the top of, of a sand dune took us like 45 minutes maybe and then and then we ran down the sand dune to the salt pan which took us
1: like maybe five minutes, <laughs> and uh <laughs> it took forty-five minutes to climb and five minutes to get back yeah, down.
2: Pretty much, pretty much.
1: Yeah, that sounds like, that sounds fun.
2: Yeah, and um, and yeah, and then at the bottom, we just took pictures and stuff. And it's just um, it's just like this alien landscape with this cracked, dry mud pan. Basically, these dead trees. I mean, these dead trees have probably been there for centuries, right? Like you said they growing when there's water. there maybe maybe even millennia. I don't know, but you know, like like it's one of the driest places on earth so yeah. so these trees these trees are basically um, i don't think they're petrified but but like it's so dry there mm-hmm. that that they just don't they just don't rot right they're just they're just there
3: mm,
1: so, so it's so, like they're they're almost like they're
2: preserved pre- yeah
1: they're preserved dead
2: yeah yeah and, and 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 there might be salt on the trees too which might which might help with the preservation i'm not sure because it's basically a little salt pan right
1: gotcha yeah
2: yeah but um so yeah so my second trip to namibia, to namibia that's where i went uh and and at, and at that time i decided uh that that i wanted to go to south america so so i was still working at the time mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I was working i was working up in canada doing the dike work i told you about earlier today mm-hmm. uh, before we started recording this and and that's why i started studying spanish just with duolingo uh, you know to prepare for my trip to south america and so um and so the, the the time time came pretty close to where i was gonna go to south america and um i, I got kind of fortunate there because like i got like from my job with a severance package
1: nice. know, versus
2: which was a lot better than just quitting and not getting a severance package and so All right yeah <laughs> you <laughs> went about so, it the right way yeah <laughs> and so so i went to. So on that trip, I went to South America for six and a half months. Um, and at that time I didn't really have a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of packed up and left. Um, and I, I had like a general idea of things I wanted to see while I was there, but I, I didn't have like an itinerary. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, so I went to Ecuador, um, to start off with I was in Ecuador, I think four or five weeks. Uh, and as part of that, I went, I went to the, to the Galapagos,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, I was in the Galapagos, I think for 10 days. Uh, took a cruise there, saw some of the Northern islands of the Galapagos, and then some of the Southern islands which are the, the inhabited parts of the Galapagos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then spent some more time in Ecuador, saw some stuff, really beautiful country. Um, when I went to a, a little town called Baños, which is kind of where the mountains meet the jungle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, there's lots and lots of waterfalls, uh, but it's also really wet because it's basically the jungle starts. And so, uh, you know, it, there's this little route where you can kind of ride a bike, along the river and all along the river you see waterfalls from the mountains just dropping into the river it's really beautiful Uh, kind of like a little resort town right yeah and then from there from there i went down into peru i spent um i think about 10 weeks in peru i started in in the north i went to a beach town called mancara and i went to a town called chachapoyas Uh, there's a really cool set of ruins in chachapoyas uh, called huela Mm-hmm. Uh, which is it's basically like this this walled plateau um it was where the Chachapoyas people used to live uh and they were conquered by the inca and so and so like the place became abandoned and got conquered the Chachapoya, but but their fortress is still there you know it's, it, it basically looks like a castle yeah um so that was pretty cool so another really cool another really cool waterfall there called gold Falls, which is uh let's see it's 750 meters high mm-hmm. With two cataracts, and so that's what, like, like two, two thousand four hundred feet, something like that.
1: It's, that's it's a unit. Miles. That's a unit of measure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Catarat. So, gotcha. well, well, no, a, a, a cataract would be like one drop.
1: Oh. So like,
2: yeah. Okay. So, like the waterfall was one drop and another drop. So one drop gotcha. was one drop was two hundred fifty meters, roundabout. Mm-hmm. I remember right. So that's that's like you know eight hundred feet. 800 foot drop. Then right. the next drop right. was about 500 meters, which is like double that.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so, so like the whole waterfall, um, if I'm remembering correctly, dropped, you know, over 2000 feet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was a super impressive waterfall. And then, um, and then from there, I went, um, I went to a Quito, which is a city in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had to take a boat there. I, I got in a boat, um, kind of at the headwaters of one of the, uh, Amazon tributaries Then I, I rode this tributary on this boat for two days down to the headwaters of the actual Amazon. So the Amazon river starts which two other rivers meet, you know, and where those two rivers meet, it seasons to be either one of those rivers, it starts to be the Amazon. So Quito's is probably about, is probably about 20 miles past that. Right. You know, basically right, right next to the, to the headwaters of the Amazon. So, so I went there and spent some time there. Um, you know saw different stuff and then i got on a plane i went to nema uh went to cusco uh which is where uh machu picchu is I went to machu picchu and then uh i went down into bolivia spent about five weeks in bolivia Um uh, mm-hmm. i went i went to a place called uh Slar de uni which is the biggest salt pan in the world so have you ever seen those photos of people um uh, where, they're, where they're standing somewhere that's that has like a, a thin sheet of water they are standing there there's like a reflection of the sky you ever seen photos like
1: that i don't think i have it unless maybe i've seen like a, a screen saver or like those um stock photos people put out there that's okay. like really cool for a background computer gotcha. background
2: okay yeah well well it's unique um,
1: i feel like i'll have to collect a lot of photos from you just to like find ways <laughs> to like maybe do you like a, Visualize a cool, the stuff yeah because it's like yeah, yeah. it's really like how did you decide on on or why did you decide on south america as like your next place to travel after you went to like like the um countries in in africa like doing south africa namibia mm-hmm. Zim, um was it zimbabwe uh zambia 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 yeah yeah
2: um that's a good question i I actually don't remember. It might have been, it might have been just things I wanted to see there. Like, gotcha. like, okay. I, like, like, like I probably had, I probably had like, um, an urge to go to the Galapagos. I probably wanted to see, uh, Machu Picchu. Right. And generally, right. generally kind of, kind of my approach when I do research is, is I, I take a map and I mark down on the map. And actually mm-hmm. I, I remember doing this. So this is, this is probably, you know, the process I went through. because mm-hmm. so I, I mark down on a map things I want to see. And then, and then I kind of, I kind of like, Make a rough route of how mm-hmm. to see things. And then, yeah. and then I do research along that route to see what else there is, mm-hmm. you know, and so like I like that. Yeah. And, and so, so probably what I did was on my map, you know, I, I might have marked, I might have marked Machu Picchu, the Galapagos. Um, uh-huh. you know, I, I, I probably marked uh, a, a de Um, uh-huh. you know, and that's, and then, you know, if you draw a path between those three things all along that route, there's other things to see. And so this started doing research, I kind of came up with this list of things to see
1: and. That's very cool. And you're, and are you originally from Michigan, right? Correct. Yeah. So then being in Michigan, having like to deal with the cold weather and then working in Canada for a time and getting a chance to go to Africa where the climate's much different. Are you like, let me more reason to go explore things in, in the, uh, the Southern region or Southern hemisphere?
2: oh well well the summer the southern hemisphere can actually get pretty hot too um Mm. yeah and and cold yeah hot and cold but that's uh,
1: it's funny because i i'm so used to things being like around the equator it's like you forget that it would get cold in in south africa and in in um south america
2: mm -hmm. yeah and, and actually and actually in south africa it and in namibia too it could get pretty cold sometimes hmm. um because my second time in namibia i, I went in the winter time so um uh, was it wasn't the winter
1: time because well it was it, you, you said it's dry dry season but, but i, I dry guess dry see them yet gotcha um uh, I,
2: I i i can't remember exactly but the second time i went it was really cold i remember that uh especially in certain areas uh, did you feel
1: like you Underpacked or were you were you kind of you knew ahead of time what to pack like I, the I, right I clothes and I, whatnot
2: i knew ahead of time what to pack yeah so cool. i was good there yeah good there yeah but but yeah on, on my on my big trip um like i, I kind of had to pack for everything mm-hmm. you know so like like my bag my bag probably weighed 40 pounds my backpack yeah a lot of it was just clothes because like i had to have winter clothes in there you know right. yeah but yeah but anyways um so, so back to South America. So, mm-hmm. I went to Bolivia, La and Then I, I went to Chile for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to I, I went to a really cool place called uh, San Pedro de Atacama, which is a desert environment. They have uh, they have like these lagoons that could get pretty cold too, mm-hmm. um, especially with the higher elevation. Um, that they, they'll have like these really picturesque lagoons and stuff like that. And then I went um, I went to a city called Calama. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, this huge copper mine. Uh, this copper mine is like it's like five five kilometers, five kilometers long, three kilometers mm-hmm. wide, about a kilometer deep. And so it's it, it it used to be it used to be the biggest open pit mine in the world. So it's just mm-hmm. big gaping hole in the ground. you know, they, they'll have these big, huge haul trucks that are as big as a house. And, mm-hmm. and you look into this mine and way down at the bottom of the mine, you see these big these big haul trucks. they look like ants. Yeah, you know, so that Jeez. that was pretty impressive. Yeah,
1: they just uh, abandoned the mine o- over time.
2: No, it's still active. It's still okay. active. It's been active for for decades. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, and so so then then uh, from Chile, uh, you know, I I started looking at, at plane tickets from Chile. It's really expensive, and so I was like, well, well, I'll just go back north and kind of look at things on the way up. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. I t- I took buses all the way from Chile all the way up to uh, Colombia. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I flew out of Bogota, Colombia, to go home.
1: So, like, um, Chile is, or Chile is the westernmost coast country of South America.
2: Correct. Yeah. So I, then,
1: I, yeah.
2: Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that country in South America that's really skinny and really Yeah. Awesome? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's Chile. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. So then, I, I was w- just wondering because you said the flights were so expensive. So, like, to get there, did you like? Fly down initially, and then work your way back up, or you just got there and then kind of maneuvered around.
2: Yeah, so 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 to get there initially, I I kind of looked at place to see to see what city was the cheapest and the, the cheapest city to fly to. I think was Keto, mm. and I, I I remember I got a, a flight to Keto for like three hundred dollars, which was a really good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then to get back from from Chile, I think I think it might have been like thousand to two thousand something like that. So. And so I, I kinda did the same strategy where I where I looked to see which you know which city was the cheapest to fly out of and ended up being Bogota. And so but I booked a ticket out of Bogota, but I had to get to Bogota. So right. I just took buses north and like I, I wasn't gonna fly out for like a month. And so mm, I was kind of shop to places on the way up and um, you know I I stopped and visited a friend in Ecuador and then spent two weeks in Colombia. Nice. Uh, you know, saw something in Colombia and then um yeah, flew home.
1: I figured it'd, yeah. it'd help me visualize it if I just pulled up Google maps and navigated around. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Because if you yeah. start, <laughs> if you started out on the West coast in Ecuador, you work your way through Peru that continues on to Bolivia. And then that, that borders Chile, Chile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's very cool. And yeah. It's funny when, when you describe the story, it reminds me of like any, um, I heard a couple of stories of people that usually go on on hikes like i'm trying to remember what this lady's name was she hiked from i think it was like northern california to washington she might have gone up into canada but um she came out with a a book years back and was just describing the whole experience and it's just like there's that the thrill of the excitement and and maybe a little bit of the agony where it's like she went into it without a plan where it was, I'm just going to go hiking this really long distance to kind of find myself. And, but like her journaling, what, what the experience was like, the things that she was having, having to think through and just um, the person that she became after all of that was, was pretty impressive to read. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things, like even if you do have a plan, things rarely go to plan. Mm. you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's it, it definitely an adventure. Like there's one time in Bolivia um, where I, I, was, I was on a bus between two cities, mm-hmm. and 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 Bolivia, Bolivia um, has like some social issues and stuff. And so and so I remember it was the middle of the night. This bus stopped just in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. and like I was sleeping. You know, I kind of woke up a little bit. I didn't think much of it, but. But you know, I, I wake up the next morning, and and you know everybody's outside the bus. I walk outside, and there's this big long of buses, and there's big long line of buses and trucks, like miles long,
3: mm.
2: and, and nobody's moving. It's just sitting there, and like and slowly, I I see I see Bolivian people like get their stuff from the bus, and they start walking back the other way, mm. you know, and like people in cars that are smaller and can you know can kind of maneuver around the traffic jam. Like people are getting their cars and they're leaving the traffic mm. jam. So after a while, it's just like Semi trucks and buses left there, um, you know. So, I, like, I asked the driver. Um, I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, there's a rock slide." Ooh. He's like, it, "It should it should be cleared in a little while." I was like, "Okay, good." <laughs> so, but but like I, you know, but of course, all, all the all the knew better. You know, all yeah. the livings were leaving, leaving the bus, and you know, um, trying to find.
1: <laughs> they're like, find it way. might it might be a little while until it gets cleared yeah. up. <laughs>
2: Well, it gets better. It gets better. Just wait. Yeah. And so, and so like I wait all day for this rock side to be cleared. So the traffic, the traffic can start moving and it doesn't happen.
3: Mm.
2: So I was like, what the heck? And so, <laughs> so it becomes nighttime. And, and I start sleeping on the spots and we're at an elevation. This is a mountain pass, right? Mm-hmm. And so the elevation, I think the mountain pass was about 4,800 meters Um uh, if I remember right, it put, it put that into feet. That's probably like 15,000 feet, right?
1: You're that um, high, just yeah. up the mountain.
2: Yeah. And so, like, like, like in the day when the sun's out, it's, you know, it's, it's not that cold, but at nighttime, there's no sun. Like it's, it's freezing, you know? And so, like, I try sleeping on this bus and, and, and the bus driver doesn't have the bus running
0: because mm-hmm. he doesn't
2: want to waste all his gas. Right. And so, like, like I'm on this bus and like I, I don't have all my stuff with me because it's like packed away the carriage like under the carriage and um mm-hmm. I just had like this little jacket with me or a sweatshirt or whatever and like the whole night I'm freezing.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
2: I, I remember I was like I was like taking my toes in my hand and like trying to warm my toes with my hands. Like I was so cold. <sighs> like I like I basically didn't sleep. And so and so finally the sun comes out and I go and, like bask in the sun for a little bit to warm up. Um, and then, and then I went, and I talked to the driver again. I, I was like, dude, I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, like, how long does it take to clear a rock slide? He's like, Oh, don't worry about it. They'll clear it. Uh, so I, like at this point, I was pretty frustrated. So I was like, man, I like, I, I gotta walk up here and see what's going on. So like I walked like three miles, mm-hmm. um, to the front of this traffic jam. And it turns out that there's a group of miners that had blown up, um, the mountain pass with dynamite. And caused a rock slide to block the road, right? Yeah. yeah. And so and so like I, I remember when I walked up there, when I walked up there, there's a big group of miners and um, they're they're chasing this guy and beating him with their hard hats. And like I I couldn't really make out what they were what they were yelling and it was in Spanish uh, yeah. as well, which is obviously not my first language, but I, I think they're upset because uh, this guy was trying to get people a car ride around around the roadblock. And Mm. you know, and 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 the miners didn't want any taxis going around the roadblock, right? So they're like chasing this guy off and beating him with their hard hats. So I was like, like like when I I saw that, I was like, oh man, something something's wrong here. So I I I, I basically I walked through the roadblock. These these miners didn't mind people walking through it. They just don't want anybody driving through
0: it, right? Right.
2: You know, there's like this little path that they've cleared, you know, through the rubble and uh, you know, and all along the cliffside is a like this. This this pass through the mountain. They basically, basically carved a path through um, through the mountain top, and so on either side of the road, there's this sheer cliff, right? And mm-hmm. on top of these cliffs uh, are a bunch of miners, you know, like occupying high ground, yeah. You know, make sure nobody goes and clears and clears the road. And so, you know, I, I'm walking along, and you know, these these Bolivian miners, like I stick out with a sort of thumb, right? And like <laughs> this white American guy in what American clothes, and they're like, "Gringo, Gringo!" like yelling at me. <laughs> They're like, don't, don't, the not don't, the which means where are you from? Yeah. I was like, I was kind of uncomfortable. I was like, uh, El Norte, which means the North. Yeah.
3: They're
1: like,
2: El Norte. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and, and another thing is, too, is I, I had all my electronics with me. So mm. I had like my computer. I probably had like $1,500 worth of electronics with me because I wasn't going to leave that bus. Right. Um, you know, so that made me nervous, too, I was all by myself, you know, these people that, Clearly aren't afraid to be violent, so. But uh, but yeah, and so after I figured out what was going on, I, I walked back to the bus.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I told the bus driver, "Like, yeah, there's a protest up there." He said, like, "He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like he knew it already."
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, it's just, "It's just Tuesday, it's okay."
2: Yeah, yeah, and um, but anyways, like, like after that, like I was like, I got, I was like, I got to like, find a way to get out of here. So there's there's this group of women. That we're going to try to walk around it. I was like, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go with this group and, and we'll walk around this protest. Or, or no, sorry, there's, there's a group of women that's going to take a cab mm-hmm. around. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with them in this cab. I'll, I'll split the cost of the cab. And so, and so this, this cab driver takes us, up, takes us up this beaten mountain road. He's like bottoming out his car. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes us to like a checkpoint where that's manned by all these miners and the miners are like, you can't go any farther. So we're like okay and so so we get out and we start walking
3: mm-hmm.
2: we walked probably like me and this group of, of four women and a little girl um you know we walked probably five miles mm-hmm. you know I, I had this 40 pound pack on me um you know and until, fine, until finally until finally we get around everything um and then we have then we had to pay these guys of motorbikes to bring us up to where there's some taxis or some copies mm-hmm. um, that we could get into and, and, and go on but you know, so that that was a pretty pretty interesting experience. And then I, I remember as um as we we're riding away in, in the combis, I a con you want know, a combi just like a it's like no, a taxi what? van. Uh a oh, combi, okay, okay. Combi is like a taxi van, yeah, gotcha. so it takes a lot of people. Yeah. Um like the minivan? It, it's like a minivan, yeah, or or gotcha. or even like a, a bigger van too. It just depends. Okay. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, in, in the commies, as we're as we're driving away, um I saw riot police uh driving towards where the roadblock was, you know, gotcha, all right. dressed up in riot gear and stuff, probably like 10 truckloads of them. It's so, about to get yeah. serious. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, you know, and 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 actually the, the protests that were occurring were like a nationwide protest. So there's other locations where this was occurring.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it it came to a head it came to a head when some government official went to negotiate and he actually got dragged out of his car and beaten to death. And that's how mm-hmm. it ended. Yeah. So like, well, like it yeah, it, I mean it could get pretty violent, you know. It's right. pretty, it's pretty nerve wracking. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, sometimes you run into things like that <laughs> when you travel. <laughs> Depending on where you travel, you know, like some places are more volatile than others. But yeah, uh, you know, at, you know, after that experience, I, I, I try to be really careful. I, I haven't had any experiences quite that bad mm-hmm. uh, since then. Right. But that's pretty right now, cool yeah, there's, there's always the unexpected.
1: Yeah. But I guess it, it's that, um, like, so once you took that trip for six months, did you feel like you you kind of needed a break to relax? Or, I mean, as you're taking the trip, I'm sure like you're sightseeing, you're, you go out during the day, you plan a few sights to see. And then like when you get tired, it's like, okay. I'll just sit my butt down for a minute and just sleep get up, go do something else the next day and meet some people like mm-hmm. just get to like in, in this, this is the really, when you're teaching yourself Spanish speaking to local people, like from different countries and you're starting to pick up on the accent along with like, you're actually applying what you've learned through Duolingo. That's mm-hmm. pretty neat. Yeah. Like, yeah on the I mean, job training, but for your like for a- your life
2: yeah exactly yeah it's um like definitely the best way to learn another language is to go somewhere and just immerse yourself that's mm. by far the best way
3: um, especially
2: if it's especially with spanish because spanish has so many different dialects mm. you know so there's there's like different there's different um words that are used in different regions and stuff and then different ways to pronounce things so yeah uh, you know like like just listening to this neutral accent duolingo um uh, you know you could get really really good at listening to that accent and understanding it mm-hmm. And then go somewhere and not understand anything. Mm. You know that that's not uncommon in Spanish, it's because right. of all you know all the different ways of speaking Spanish. So um, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah,
1: I guess I'm I'm curious. How did people receive you when um, they saw that? Like the miners were were teasing when they were like, "Oh, look, white guy, white guy." It's like, how did people receive you when they actually saw you make an effort to speak their language?
2: Um they, they seem to appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. you know I, I also think it's it's kind of polite that, that at least they're a little bit you right. Know? You know, like to, to go somewhere and like if you go somewhere that doesn't speak where the people don't speak English as a first language, like mm-hmm. it's not really reasonable to expect them to make a good effort to, to communicate with you. Like you should be the one making that, that effort. So right. uh, you know, they, they seem to appreciate that. Um, you know that there, there are a lot of people there that wanted to practice their mm-hmm. English with me so you know, especially like a lot of young professionals or college students uh you know they they learned english in you know in school or whatever uh, uh-huh. and they just wanted to practice and so uh, and I, I was actually pretty surprised when I first started traveling how common english is uh you mm. know, english is really common just about everywhere you go right. especially with people that are that are more educated know. so
3: but, that's very cool man
2: yeah yeah but uh i mean so I love South America because it's in general it's very warm and receptive. Uh, people there, people there are very open, very inclusive, mm. um, very uh, very curious and very kind. So, like like they 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 me very well. I felt like I felt I felt very very welcome there.
1: Nice, yeah. I like that. And what was it? Oh, before I forget. A question that I always like to ask every guest that comes on the podcast is, who do you say you are? Like now that you've been able to kind of like have these experiences, like you're an engineer or you have a background in in engineering and construction, like you've been a world traveler, you've been Mm -hmm. able to explore these things and now like you're taking on a new venture.
2: Um, Who am I? Uh I'd say I, I'm somebody that uh, wants to continually learn more and more uh, about different things, not, not just about engineering, or not just about uh, languages, but just to learn in general, because I, I really like to learn. So I'm a learner. I guess you could say that.
1: And I guess it'd be kind of silly That's for it. me to, to ask you <laughs> on the on the back end of that, like, are you still that person? Like now but it's like, well, you go ahead.
2: Uh yeah, I'd say I am. I'd say I am. Like like I'm learning something new right now. Like I um I just started a master's in data science, which is um, you know, it's it's not entirely new to me because I did some self-study before starting my master's, but with mm-hmm. uh, my you know, when I, when I did self-study, that was like completely new to me. You know, I, I taught myself Python, uh which I which is a programming language that's used in data science. Uh, you know, I taught myself um uh, some some map methods that are used in data science and stuff like that um uh, mm-hmm. sql uh i took you know i took some some courses in udemy udemy mm-hmm. is like a, a website you go to take um uh, take courses about different topics and so i did uh sql which is a database programming language from udemy uh you know and different stuff just prepare for the prepare for the program um not in the program you know, that's so awesome that's kind of you know that's kind of an example like like even even to enter the program, i i had to I had to prove a fluency in, in Python. I had to prove prove a fluency in uh, statistics. And so, mm-hmm. like, like the uh, statistics is another thing I did a lot of self study on because the last time I had a statistics class was in I think two thousand
3: six. Oh wow! You know, in
2: college, yeah. So like I, I had to really had to brush up on that. And basically, reteach myself statistics. Yeah. I guess. So yeah, like, I'd, say go- I'd say I'm still that person.
1: Gotcha. Yeah I, yeah I think I I definitely agree with that that's very true and um I'm curious like when when you do your your self study is it like is it is it just driven by that motivation to just learn something new like you see something you're like hmm like I'm I'm curious about this let me let me take an, an approach on it like let me see what I can figure out here
2: yeah. So sometimes it's more about curiosity and other times um it's because I have a goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so like when I started studying Spanish, for example, my, my goal was, was to go to South America and I wanted to be able to communicate with people when I went to South America. So that was, that was, that was why I started studying Spanish. You know, and then, then with the data science stuff, like I had an idea of, maybe I want to get a master's, maybe I'd like this. Mm-hmm. and So that was like, that was like, was curiosity at first to see if there's something I'd be interested in and then that turned into a goal uh because you know I, I had I had to I had to prove to get into my master's program that I was capable of certain skills already right yeah so like, like you know like the self study to, to gain those skills um, was to accomplish the goal
3: and then, then there's other
2: things that are just that I'm, I'm just curious about like I really like history I, I read about history a lot to um, mm-hmm. history podcasts and stuff um you know finance I really like talking about finance uh there's a there's a finance podcast i listen to every day mm-hmm. um you know stuff like that the yeah. broad variety of stuff really
1: yeah very true like um there's this book called the psychology of money and i think mm-hmm. I, I came across it on youtube once because like every now and then you'll see a book where it's it's listed where you can listen to it and i think maybe a day or two after i'd i was almost all the way through it. Um, I guess YouTube took it down maybe for copyright or something like that, but I ended up getting it on Audible. But just to your point, being able to have that diverse knowledge or just kind of explore different fields really opens you up. And obviously, if you want to be able to travel very well, you should be good with your money.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> and and, and actually, actually, when I got back in South America for the first time, I still owned a house. Mm. right yeah and so uh, the trip i was telling you about where, when i went to bolivia and ecuador and stuff like yeah like that that was that was only a six month trip so i took another trip after that that was 383 days right yeah
3: okay <laughs> tell, but, tell me
1: about that a little bit
2: but but to prep well to, like i had to do a lot of prep for that trip right so right. so i uh i owned a house mm-hmm. and To help pay off the house, I I rented out rooms to my friends. And so I basically lived with some friends Mm. and they gave me a little bit of rent money. It wasn't a lot. It's like 250 a month per Mm -hmm. person. Right. Uh, but it was enough. It was basically enough to, to cover all the expenses of having the house, taxes, Mm -hmm. um, the insurance and, and the interest on the loan, plus a little bit of the principal on the loan. So, and so like like all the money I was spending that wasn't covered by my roommates was all towards the principal. right? Right. And so so I got all that back when I sold the house. So it was it was like living for free, right? Nice. So yeah. So that's so that's one thing I did. Um, so you you
1: sold it once you came back from South America.
2: So so no, I, I came back from South America and I, I got a new job because I, mm, okay. I like I I had to prepare myself a little bit. Um, got gotcha. right. you right. Know, so, but I I'd known I'd known at that time that that I didn't want to stay in the same town. That mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to sell my house anyway. And so. And so, yeah, I got a job with the intention of staying there, um, you know, like, like maybe a year, uh, you know, until I could save enough money and, and sell a house and, and be on a good financial footing to do what I wanted to do. Right. And, and be prepared when I got back, yeah. uh, you know, to, to maybe spend like maybe six months before I started working again. So, uh, you know, so, so having the house was part of that. Um, mm-hmm. Another part was I started driving Uber rather than going out on the weekends mm-hmm. so you know rather than going out and spending money i I'd, I'd, I'd still be socializing with
1: yeah um, that's a great people. great way to meet people
2: yeah it, it actually is it really is um uh, you know so i would still be able to socialize uh but but i wouldn't be spending money i'd be making a little bit of money not a mm-hmm. lot but right you know you save a little make a little like it adds up you know so um you know i i, I, ch- I kind of changed my diet the way i eat like i stopped eating out a lot mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I started eating a lot of rice, uh, that's like the cheapest carb, basically you can buy at the grocery store. I started eating a lot more chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't really, you know, once in a while I get pork chops, but you know, I, I wouldn't get steak, I wouldn't get shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that stuff's pretty expensive. And so, uh, you know, I, fruits and vegetables, I get the cheaper fruits and vegetables, um, you know, which made my diet a little more boring. But, you know, if you're thinking about it, you, like you spend a lot of money on food yeah you know so if you change the way you eat you know you can still eat healthy but still eat relatively cheaply no
1: did you um, did you pick up any diff like the new eating habits from your trip to south america or this was just a, a personal change you were making for yourself
2: it was, it was just a personal change i was making yeah. gotcha
1: i didn't even ask about the, the food in south america but i'm sure it was it was pretty good
2: it was pretty good yeah it was pretty good uh but yeah yeah like basically basically i just made cuts um i budgeted i uh I, I made a budget and then saw how much i was spending and i i got i got my uh my base budget down so this is like all the stuff i need to live when
3: mm-hmm. i say
2: base budget right i got that down to about 500 a month mm. and so and so i had a pretty good job i was working as an engineer doing data doing de, uh data depreciate or excuse me utility depreciation mm-hmm. uh, which is like a type of data analysis uh, you know so it's something new i was learning new skill new mm. area of the industry um and and yeah like i, I like, like to to prepare financially i just did a number of different things mm. you know it, it all just kind of added up the definitely the biggest thing i did was was buy a house in out the groups so that was that was the biggest contributor to to building enough wealth to where i could take a year off and go travel yeah Yeah. You know, yeah you know, so so i actually ended up working um i think I think a year and a half, about 18 months or, or 20 months, something like that, mm-hmm. um, to, just for, just for uh, some personal reasons. And then, and then, yeah, like the day just came or I told my roommates, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to sell the house guys. Sorry. And they, they moved out I sold the house. Um, you know, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't make that much uh, profit from it from like a, a capital standpoint, but, Mm-hmm. But like for my roommates paying, you know, paying towards the principal, me paying towards the principal, like I got a pretty good chunk of money when I sold the house. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I took out of that and uh, you know, I, this whole time I've been working, uh, you know, between between my first trip and my second, I'd also been planning my second trip. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically what I did for that, it, I planned a lot more for this. Yeah. But, so basically what I did was kind of the, the same thing I did the first time was I, I took a map of the world. Mm-hmm. I made the I, and I made a list of things I wanted to see, and then I drew a little red X where everything was. and then and then with with those red X's is how I drew the path of, of what of what I would do and, and how I would see it. Right. Uh, yeah. And so I and so I I also made the goal that I want to go to all seven continents in one year. Right. Mm,
1: okay. That's why yeah. I was thinking that that probably came into view at some point. It's like yeah if you've been on one continent you've been on another the third yeah almost Uh, halfway there
2: yeah (laughs) yeah well well, basically basically my plan was to see everything i wanted to see in the whole world Mm. um at at least the things i wanted to see the most you know yeah and then and and then the semi-continent the semi-continent goal um i'm not sure how i came up with that i I think i just wanted to do it to say i could you know right so and so yeah with, with the red x's on the map I, that's how i drew that's how i drew my path um you know and then i, do, I started doing research in each place to see what else there was mm-hmm. uh, to see and then uh, from then I, I used microsoft excel to make an itinerary um that was day by day mm-hmm. so and so they so the itinerary i think
1: wait so you you made an itinerary for all 300 plus days
2: yes yeah wow. and I. And 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 each each day, each day I basically had a column that, that said what I was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So like it's so like for example, if it was a travel day, I just put travel day. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then um, and then I made other columns that, that listed the expenses uh for each day. So depending on where I was at, like I I'd do research in each city and see how much a hostel cost, for example. And then mm-hmm. you know, if I spend five nights in this one city, you know, I just I just put the cost in that column of each night
3: right
2: um, you know then at the end of the spreadsheet I, I added everything up and that's how i that's how i budgeted that's how i came up with how much i
1: needed mm-hmm. uh, you know so so that that's also what helped you in between because you're planning this trip after you would gotten back from south america and you're working and that's what helps you to be able to sell your house and budget all the while driving uber instead of going out and things like that you're working off of this roadmap that you created for yourself
2: uh correct correct yeah and that and that gave me an idea of what kind of budget i would need and how much i would need to save
1: Mm.
2: uh, you know to actually do it so yeah and so uh but yeah i made a day by day itinerary ended up being i think there's 300 days or 330 days i think there's 330 days and then Mm -hmm. i gave myself a month of just like rest days or just Mm -hmm. like rest anywhere right right yeah so so yeah, like the time came and it was September. Um, you know, I, I remember I, I went to my boss at work and I told him that I was like, Hey, I'm going to leave in a month. I was like, and I'm going to go travel around the world. And like, I don't think he believed me at first, <laughs> uh, but, you know, but, I, but I mean, I got the ball rolling at least. Um, uh, and, and yeah, like, um, uh, I, I basically worked, I basically worked, um, after I sold my house. So I, I sold my house at, at the end of October, you mm-hmm. know, sorry, at, at the end, at the end of August, I sold my house and I worked in there two weeks.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: stayed with friends. Um, I sold all my stuff, well, mm-hmm. most of my stuff, you know, like, like sold all my furniture, um, a, a lot of stuff that, that I couldn't sell. I just gave away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I basically had two carloads of stuff that I brought, I brought to my mom's house. Yeah. you know, I, I'd, I'd gone up there that summer. I brought some carload of stuff and then, uh, everything else that i had i just fit my cart uh you know plus my bicycle on the back i had a bike rack on the back so yeah uh, so that's like all i owned uh at that point after selling my house and selling everything and you know it honestly felt really liberating mm. not to just have a bunch of stuff right you know cuz like like when when i went to south america and traveled around south america the first time um like like even having a house is still like something that ties you down you know what mm. i mean like like i like I had this house that I had to worry about, you know, and it's, it's just like another thing to worry about. <laughs> That's how it felt to me, right? Uh, yeah, but but yeah, but anyways. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think my last day of work was September 14th, and um, I went to a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I visited my mom for a few days, and like literally less less than a week after finishing work, I left the country, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah. Uh, like I said, I traveled 383 days on my, I had my itinerary, but I, I followed it loosely. I didn't follow it, follow it exact.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, and I started in Brazil, and then from Brazil, I went into Argentina. Uh, then in Argentina, I kind of flip flop back and forth between Argentina and Chile, because the, the border between Argentina and Chile is really long. That's, that's where Patagonia is, right?
0: Right, So I kind right. of flip
2: flop back and forth to see different things. Then um, for Antarctica, uh, I went to I went to the southern tip of Argentina to a, a city called Ushuaia, uh, which is where the cruise ships to Antarctica go. Mm-hmm. So, so generally, generally a cruise to Antarctica is really expensive. But, um, like, if you're lucky, you can go there and, and you can get a last minute deal. Yeah. Uh, where like like you pay for the cruise and then you leave like a day or two after, right? Mm-hmm. So so my plan was to go there and, and just wait mm-hmm. for like three months if I had to. until until a good cruise deal came along. So I was literally there for only a few days before a really good deal came. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting a $10,000 cruise. It was a 10 day cruise. Mm -hmm. Uh, The normal price is 10 grand. I got it for 4,500. Wow. Or or no, 4,000, I got it for 4,000. So 60% off the
1: the normal price. I didn't even know cruises to Antarctica were a thing.
2: uh, There are, there are. there's really expensive. you know, and even that's even $4,000 is a big chunk of change. You know? Yeah. With, with all the, with all the extras I had, to, I had to do, like, um, I can't remember, like I had to buy like snow pants, I think, and stuff like that. So like with all the extras, it probably cost about 4500 Gotcha. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I got a, I got a, a place on, on a Chinese chartered cruise. And so basically what that means is there's a, there's a company in, in China that just chartered the whole boat and then sold cabins to chinese people in china Hmm. but but that company couldn't fill all the cabins and so and so um what they do is they they just sell the last minute tickets in the city Mm -hmm. to to fill the remaining cabins and so there's like there's like 200 i think there's 200 passengers on the boat
3: yeah
2: and 180 of them were chinese like the other 20 were like kind of a mix of different uh, people Mm -hmm. from different places and so but yeah i i had a shared cabin with a chinese guy a really nice guy you know, so that, that was good. Um, and yeah, it was a 10 day cruise and we spent about, we spent about, uh, four days in Antarctica on the Antarctic Peninsula. And, and every day we'd have, we'd have, uh, excursions to the land. And so we'd go, there'd be like research station. We'd walk them, see penguins and stuff. Um,
3: <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was pretty
2: cool. And then we just came back. It's like a 10 day adventure, but
3: that's amazing. But yeah.
2: Yeah. And then I went to Chile and, um, I wasn't planning on going to Easter Island because I didn't think I, I could budget for it. Mm-hmm. To buy a flight to Easter Island outside of Chile is mm-hmm. like a thousand dollars. Uh, but then I get to Chile, I go look at the flight to buy Easter Island. It's like 300 if you buy inside Chile, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. You know, maybe it's like taxes or something. I don't know. But right. so I, I was like, wow, this is actually a pretty cheap flight. So I, I ended up going to Easter Island for five days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stayed in Chile until, um, uh, I stayed in Chile until New Year's Eve. and New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve, I flew to Australia. Uh, I spent probably about two weeks, two and a half weeks in Australia. Uh, Went up to Indonesia for five days, Singapore for a few days, Malaysia for a few days. Uh, Spent about a month in Thailand. Went to Cambodia for two or three weeks, I think. Went to Vietnam for I think three weeks. Uh, I I went to Myanmar, aka Burma. Mm -hmm. um, I think for about four weeks which was super cool. Uh then from Burma, uh I took I took a Bangladesh airline from Burma to Nepal. Yeah. Uh, spent about a month in Nepal. I hiked to Everest Base Camp. Uh Yeah. <laughs> that, that that was that was probably that's probably the, my favorite thing that I did there actually. So so in Nepal, um I went to Kathmandu for 2 weeks, mm-hmm. then the hike to Everest Base Camp. Um it probably took me I think 10 to 12 days, but I I landed, I took an airplane, this little tiny hamlet called Ukla, mm-hmm. which is just on the mounds of the runway. The runway has like this really steep incline to it. So when the planes land, um uh, like like they're able to stop really quickly because when the planes land, they're basically going uphill right away, right? Mm-hmm. And so the runway is really short. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also called the most dangerous airport in the world because <laughs> there's been so many crashes there, right? <laughs> like, uh-huh. yeah, it's
1: like the good news the, is I'm talking to you now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, it's, and so from there, I, I walked to Everest base camp. I started it, mm-hmm. I think at about 2,500 meters, which is like 8,000 feet. And then base mm-hmm. camp is, um, 5,300 meters, which would be what, like 16,000 feet, something like that. Probably. Like well, we'll go with that. We'll go. With yeah. That. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it probably took me, probably took me a week to walk up. Mm-hmm. It took me about three days to walk back down. it was mm-hmm. downhill. So
1: um, so I guess yeah. like the, the base camp isn't it's not climbing all of Mount Everest. No. all of Mount Everest. It's like a a smaller, like a more manageable portion.
2: It is, it is. Uh, but I mean it's it's still pretty tough though because of the because of the environment and the air is so thin. Like mm-hmm. the, the air at that elevation is about half the density of what it is at sea level. And so like, like, even if you're like a strong fit fit person, like it's still, it's still really hard to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be dangerous too, if you exert yourself. Gotcha. So, but, but basically what base camp is, is it's, it's for the people that are going to, that are going to summit Everest. Mm-hmm. They go to base camp, they stay there for like two months and they mm-hmm. activate. To oh, Earth. okay. Okay. Yes. That makes and sense. So yeah. And so their bodies get used to that thin air. And it helps prepare them with just some Everest, uh, um, gotcha. that, that was, that was a pretty cool place to see because there's, there's a lot of wealthy people there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so like, like all day long, you'd see these helicopters come back and forth and drop off supplies and like pick up people and bring people back and forth. But mm-hmm. I, I remember there's, um, in a town that was kind of lower down the mountain. Um, uh, I remember there's this Brazilian guy that had taken a helicopter down because he wanted to like eat a steak or something or something like that, or like some, some kind of chicken or something. I can't remember, but yeah, but he, but he, he literally paid, he literally paid for a helicopter ride. It's like, go, go eat dinner. And then he wrote back, <laughs> <laughs> So like, like some of the people there are just like ridiculous, you know, ridiculously wealthy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, uh, me, I'm not wealthy, so I, I, I had to walk. I couldn't take a helicopter, gotcha. but, but, you know, like I, I had this really, this really cool picture on my Instagram. Of like a helicopter landing at base camp,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and like uh, like base base camp just sits on like a glacier, right? And
3: so mm-hmm.
2: it, and it's a melting glacier. So as the glacier melts, um, yeah, all the stones and stuff that melt down the glacier just kind of settle on top of the glacier. And as as it melts more and more, that that layer just gets thicker and thicker. And so like so like it's the tents on top of mm-hmm. all this gravelly stone and stuff. And then under that is just ice, like like gl- the glacial ice. So wow. yeah, is is pretty interesting. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. I had to look up where Easter Island was because I was like, I've heard of it. And then I realized it's sort of in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So it's like you went, you traveled across the Pacific in order to get to from South America to Australia. Well, South mm -hmm. America, Easter Island to Australia into the Southeast um, area and just kind of worked your way up. To where we're at now in nepal at the base camp of everest
2: yep yep exactly yeah. very cool and, yeah and so so base camp i went to dirty day um and then and the next morning there, there's a lodge nearby base camp that i stayed at mm-hmm. uh you know and, and the next morning i woke up at like three and i summited um i summited this mountain that's nearby so i could see the sunset over everest um, and I, I went up to, I think 5,500 meters, mm. which I think is about 17,000 feet. I'm going to do the math real quick. Okay. Uh, 3.28. Oh, it's 18,000 feet. So, so that's yeah. the highest I've ever been is about 18,000 feet. Gotcha. Um, uh, and I, and I walked up there and I, I watched the sunrise over, over, over Mount Everest, um, uh, mm. yeah, like? it, it was pretty cool. It was really, really cold. Super mm. cold there. Uh, but I, I was dressed pretty well before too. So it wasn't a huge deal, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny when, when you're that high in elevation, like the sun is so much stronger mm. and like, like the days just feel so much warmer. And the nights just feel so much colder because it, in reality, it's super, you know, it's super cold. You know, you yeah. Can, even during the day, it's relatively cold. But it's just if the sun's so strong that you feel warm. So. Wow. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I, I watched the sunrise and then I, and that's why I started my way back down. Um, just three days later I was, uh, uh, I was back in Mukla and I got on a plane and went back to Kathmandu. And Then um, yeah, from Nepal I, I went to India, I spent about three weeks in India, mm-hmm. so the Taj Mahal, stuff like that. Um, and then I flew out of Mumbai, went to Greece, uh, from Greece I went to Albania for a day and then I, 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 went, I went on a bus up to uh, Bosnia, I spent a few days in Bosnia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Hungary. I went to uh Croatia. Mm-hmm. Uh I went to Romania. I, my my brother came and met me in Romania with his fiance, And so we, we had a little road trip and saw some castles in Romania, which was pretty cool. Then I then I went up to uh, Moldova. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to I went to a little part of Moldova called Transnistria, which which is like a Russian, the Russian part of Moldova, but they mm-hmm. uh, but they declared themselves independent. And so and so this little corner of Moldova, which is all the Russian speakers, they have like their own currency and stuff like that. And so like their own customs and stuff. And so I went yeah. there. Um, I don't know if you consider that another country or not. I don't really, but-, <laughs> but <laughs> It's it, an it, experience, it, it's
1: we'll, we'll count it as an experience.
2: Okay, gotcha. Um, and yeah, and then I went to Ukraine. Um, I was in Ukraine for a month, I loved it. Um, and then I went to, went to Poland for a few days and the Czech Republic for a few days. And uh, then I went to Egypt uh for three weeks and that was my seventh continent because Egypt's in Africa. So right.
1: uh, so, so that well, was my I mean, seventh continent on the trip. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. The final, yeah. the final continent on the trip. Gotcha. On the trip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. And
2: I, and I, I got, I got to Egypt one day before 365 day mark. So mm-hmm. like, I, I just, like, I just barely did it within, within a year mm-hmm. to go to all seven continents. Yeah. But that was my goal and I accomplished my goal. So. And yeah, yeah I, was cool. in, I, was, I was in Egypt for three weeks. I saw different stuff in Egypt and then um, I flew home. And okay. you know, I got home and got home for a few months. I started studying the data science stuff. Uh, and then the Puerto Rico opportunity came along and I went to Puerto Rico.
1: And that's how yeah. we met. <laughs> that,
2: that's how we met. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Man. Thank you so much for retelling that story and just being able to humor me I guess along the way but but really just share the experience of like how you set out the goal and just kind of just went with it and being open to the experience and just kind of allowing yourself to learn along the way and being able to just take in all that you could take in
2: yeah well thanks for having me um, I'm happy to share so
1: we'll do this again at a later date. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right.
2: Bye.